Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 8. Here's Pastor Ryan. Nobody could, could, you couldn't purchase the Spirit from anybody. It's given to you by God. And He declares firmly, you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, if you've accepted Christ, in other words. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And that's, that's, doctrinal truth about salvation you want to know if someone's saved do they have the spirit of God in them are they being led by the spirit is there fruit that they are being led by the Holy Spirit in their lives the Holy Spirit is holy so their lives they should bear some fruit to holiness Jesus said you will know them by their fruits it's important because God is real. He is brilliant. He is the most intelligent person ever. God cannot learn. He knows everything. And if he cannot learn and he knows everything, then he knows who really are his. And we are to test ourselves if we are really his. Ducks quack. Dogs bark. Cows moo. Christians do certain things. So for everyone who tells you, I'm a Christian, I said the prayer, I believe, but they're shacked up. What does the fruit tell you? That they're deceiving themselves. You have the Spirit of God in you. He who is born of God does not sin, the Bible says. That means they do not practice it anymore. So how can you still do that and say you're a Christian? We're not talking about slip-ups here. We're talking about practicing sin. A Christian cannot do that. I'm silent in here. Because <laughs> God's real. Because God's real. You know who loves you. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He knows who loves him. So you got to pray for those loved ones and friends who say the whole, oh, I believe. And I, you know, yeah, well, so tell them the scripture, so do the demons. They tremble at his feet. They believe in him. But do you do his word? My job is to help people on their journey to get to heaven. Not to give them fluffy, nice stories like Joel Osteen on TV. And all the other ones. And all the other ones that just tell people happy thoughts and happy things. You know, the gospel is the good news because there are very bad consequences that it saves you from. Jesus in Galilee, you know, look what he was saying from town to town. It's written in your gospels. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, his message 
thin the crowds. Two thieves died each on one side of our Lord. And Jesus was 50-50 in his evangelism there. One guy mocked him, or both of them mocked him, but one guy had a change of heart. So I'm not here to build a big church. I'm here to give the truth of God. And if people leave, they leave. But at least they leave with, man, I, I don't like that dude, but, he, but I got to get some things right. <laughs> then I've done my job. Because the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers, because I'm going to come under a severe, stricter judgment for, for being placed in this role by the Lord. But anyways, I digress. Where are we? Yeah, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, Paul says this, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You see, Christ establishes you and I, and he gives us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee that we're going to heaven. The Holy Spirit is given to us. And if Christ is in you, verse 10, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit it is life or resurrection life because of righteousness. The craziest thing happens when we become Christians. We really become eternal beings the moment we come to Christ. Your inner man or woman, your spirit, we are spirit, soul, and body, your spirit is made alive by the Holy Spirit, but your spirit is going to live forever with God. It's, you're already, we are already eternal beings. In other words, you're looking, and I am looking at very, 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 very old-to-be people. You're going to be living for eternity if you know Jesus. It is going to be a long and blessed life. What we are, but our bodies, they're mortal. I got a band aid right here. I got a burn. I was barbecuing on a foreign barbecue and I pshaw, turned around pshaw. <laughs> and they, you know, it lingers. You know, you shower, it's like, oh, there it is, you know. But, you know, our, our bodies are not redeemed. They're getting old. That's why our medicine cabinets are filled with more and more prescriptions as we get older. But the inner man and the inner woman is getting stronger by the moment. You know, sometimes you look into people's eyes when they're overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. There's some deep things going on in that head, in that heart. You know, deep stuff the things that we the things that come out of us the treasures the wisdom the understanding to solve problems to endure where, where do, that all comes from the Holy Spirit I know it's not me if anything good comes out of me it's the Lord 
Paul would say concerning our bodies in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. I don't know what my body's going to look like in heaven, and, and neither do you. And that we'll read, you know, next week. That is why we have real hope. Because we don't know what it's going to look like or be like. But it's going to be awesome. Which makes, since we don't see it, our hope is like this. And Paul would ask the question, then, why would you hope for something you see already? Uh, you know, ladies, no more manicures, no more pedicures needed, no more dyeing of the hair, no more makeup. I know I'm walking on thin ice. How do I get out of here? <laughs> For men, no more dying of whatever. We do. No more shaving. Hopefully I don't have hair in heaven. <laughs> I like it this way. We'll see what God does. But if the spirit of him, verse 11, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I love this visual that this verse gives to us. We think about our Lord conquering death, conquering sin. I mean, he was tortured and crucified and beat down. And he, he gets up from that on the third day by the power of the Spirit. And God is saying that you have that same power available for you to overcome the weakness of your flesh. This is why there is hope for anyone in, to change. And there's no excuses Think about that. I don't care if a person comes from sexual immorality, pornography, violence, anger, lying, coveting, whatever the sin, it doesn't matter because God, if you put your faith in Christ, he gives you power by his Holy Spirit to live differently. So the excuses of, oh, it's just my flesh. Mm-mm. Oh, the devil made me do it. Mm -mm. Oh, the world. Nuh-uh. No. You have the same opportunity by the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to say no to those things and yes to God. This is Christian doctrine that hopefully we can share with our loved ones and friends who keep making excuses. Oh, but you don't know me. I'm different. No, you're not. The Bible says that all things are common to man. That all of these things are common. That tem all temptation is common to man. That's what the Bible says. So, you know, you think you're the, 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 the only filthy, dirty, thinking person in the world. It's common to everyone. The devil wants you to think that you're the, you're the exception. You're the real sick, sick person. No, no, no. God says, no, it's common to all. But God is faithful who will provide the way of escape through Jesus Christ. So don't let him make excuses. There is none in Christ. Our flesh is weak. I get it. 
You know, I get it. We don't always want to go to church. We don't always want to wake up. We don't always want to read our Bibles. We don't always want to serve the Lord. We, I get, we get, we get tired. We are earthen vessels carrying around the treasures of God. But what God is saying to us is that the Holy Spirit will give you strength to your weak flesh to do the things of God. Excuses begin to dissolve. And some Christians are used to making excuses. Well, those are just things that I don't do. See, I'm not good with people. Join the club. I'm not either. And look at where God put me. Wow, I don't like kids. Well, whatever. Whatever the whatever. Whatever your personality does. God, what does God, what does God say to the fishermen? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You follow me and I'll make you different. That way he gets the glory. I don't know how to teach the youth, but I'm going all the way to Maine. I'm being flown there to teach them. I mean, what if I do a terrible job? They spend all that money getting us there. Do you know the pre- do you know the pre- but do you know the pressure that can right? But because I teach you that God takes the the cap or the ceiling off of what we think that's our limit and he takes us beyond our limit because the things that God wants us to do are beyond our pay scale beyond our abilities and I have to go by faith praying all the way on the plane get off go into the forest with my Bible and say will you please help me Jesus to teach these high schoolers and I guarantee you he will not let me down but I'm going in anyway because I, I, I don't, you know, but there's people who say, I just don't do that. I just don't do that. I don't go on missionary trips. I don't, I don't do this. I don't go to Mexico. How many people told us that and ended up going and it's been the biggest blessing of their lives when we go on short-term mission trips? You know, who are we to tell God what we can or cannot do? Who are we to put our limits on Jesus? I don't, he didn't put me here because I'm a good speaker. He put me here because he needs this job to be done. And he could have used any space cadet. Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul is one of the most brilliant men in the history of mankind. God gave him a big brain. And what does he say he wants to learn? He wants to learn more about Jesus and the power of his resurrection. And we as believers, as we walk daily with the Lord, moment by moment, we we speak to our Lord, oh, help me against the flesh in this. Help me against that thought. Help me against this fear. Help me against this doubt. Help me against... And you just focus on the Lord moment by moment. And we get to see him give us victory after victory after victory in the spirit. We get to see actively, man, that's resurrection power. You know, you think about those with tempers, you know, normally, oh, on something like that, I would have exploded. But man, the resurrection power, I'm different. Mm -hmm. I'm different. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Peter says this, 
as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so all of his divine power has been given to us for all things that pertain to life and godliness. All the power you need to live differently, to live holy, to live for God is found in Him. But some of us are lean in the soul. Some of us are on empty. Some of us are powerless as Christians because there's not this this sitting at Jesus' feet so that God has time to minister to our hearts, to mold us and shape us and conform us into the image of his son so that God, the Holy Spirit, can say, yes, I'll empower you now because you've loved me enough to spend time with me. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives comes by sitting at the feet of the Lord in prayer. There is no other way. There is no other way. I've been walking with them for 20 years. There is no other way for you and I to walk in the Spirit and to be different and to be kind and gracious and selfless and, 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 and courageous and willing to do anything for the Lord. That doesn't come by just like, God, will you please give it to me and you're living your day. It comes by being spiritually minded and being in the word and, and, and seeing that our Lord went to solitude places to pray and he prayed. John the Baptist got strong in the desert in the spirit because he spent time in solitude. A.W. Tozer said something about that. He said the reason why God can use, use John the Baptist so powerfully and why he used him. And remember, Jesus said that out of all the men born of women, there has not been a prophet greater than John the Baptist. But the reason why John was so great was because he was a man who prayed, who was in solitude. And if we're going to be empowered by the Spirit to be different, we need to have quiet places. A.W. Tozer said about John, he said, John the Baptist, he said that God could use him because he was a man that, he could, that God could stop. He was a man that God could stop. If God can stop you, you're in tune to the Spirit. Think about that. Think about that. When God says, oh, no, 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 don't do that. When does, he tell, when does he tell us not to do stuff and when to do it? The best times are in prayer. I want to be a, the type of man that God can say, Ryan, stop. Don't do that, do this. Make a left turn, not a right. For if you live according to the flesh, verse 13, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Let me, let me repeat that and go and start at 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. The word debtors means we are obligated. Because God has given us his spirit to overcome our flesh, we are obligated not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you 
You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Those who don't know God are spiritually dead and, um, and have the fleshly nature. They do not know what the peace of God feels like. They have no clue of what the comfort of God feels like. They don't understand. They've never tasted. And he says here that we're obligated to live in the spirit, not in the flesh, but if we live according to the flesh, we will die. That doesn't mean that if we blow it in our flesh, that we're going to lose our salvation. Would it, but it does mean that, that there, there is still death happening. Think about the days that you didn't pick up this book and read it. Think about the days you didn't pick this up in the morning. Think about the days that you didn't spend quiet time with the Lord in prayer. How was that day? Did you have a sense of resurrection life and peace and joy and strength? Or did you feel a sense of leanness in your soul? Almost like death, spiritually. And then we come to our senses and say, Oh, Lord, oh, I got too busy. Sorry, forgive me. And we run back to get this. And we just sit there. And we just start reading. We start praying. And it brings us back to life. So if we walk in the flesh as believers, we are behaving like non-believers. We will feel a sense of death. Not that we'll lose our salvation, but there's a sense of we, we are losing something. And that something is that the Holy Spirit is, is being quenched, is being grieved because we put other things before Him that day. And the peace that He paid for God loves those that he loves, and he chastens those that he loves. So how God chastens is, oh, okay, you don't want to get in the spirit today? That peace, I'll withhold it. That faith, I'll withhold it. That joy, I'll withhold it. And we have a ton of Christians saying, I am riddled with anxiety. I am riddled with depression. I am riddled with hopelessness. And I would say to them, are you sitting at the master's feet? Oh, I did that I pray. Yeah, did you pray like him? Sometimes he prayed all night. Oh, well, that's, I prayed for like 15 minutes. He told the disciples, could you not stay awake one hour and pray with me? Remember he said that to Peter, James, and John? You couldn't, you couldn't pray one hour? So before Christians run to the doctors for pills, give the Lord an hour or two of prayer and see the anxiety and the worry fade away. If we don't seek the Lord, I pray that he showers us with depression. I pray that he showers us with anxieties and worries. Because if he did
did not allow it, we would not seek him because we are sinners. I hope all is not right with the world when I don't seek the Lord. I hope it, I hope it feels like cold feelings in the night and you know, all the songs that are out there about, oh, things aren't right with the world. Good, they shouldn't feel right with the world if we haven't spent time with our Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We are-